1: Welcome to In the Oil Patch. I'm Roy Holly, along with Alvin Bailey and our host, Kim Bilotto. Kim, we have a great show lined up today. We have Justine Hall of Steer in the studio and one of our resident experts, David Blackman, on the line. And you will have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. Kim, before we bring Justine and David on, let's talk about what's going on in Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine.
2: Well, hello, Roy and Alvin. How are y'all doing this afternoon?
1: We're doing great, Outstanding. and it's good to see
2: you. Same here. Well, I'm excited because we have two great people that we're going to interview today. But before we get started, I just wanted to share with you guys what we are doing with Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine. You know, we have our latest issue out Of Shell magazine and it's uh, our cover is actually Leslie Shockley buyer and she is the president of PISA which is the petroleum equipment supply Association it's a huge organization uh, out of Houston that has suppliers as her members so a couple of her suppliers and members are companies that we all know like Halliburton and Baker Hughes and Weatherford Uh, just to name a few you know some of the stuff that I read about Leslie is Her background is pretty uh, dynamic and diverse in itself. I mean, she's worked under the Bush administration. She has lots and lots of experience and extremely diverse. So I look for exciting things to be happening with this industry association.
0: So Leslie's one of the movers and shakers in the industry is what you're saying. got it. And she's got,
2: she's cleaning, or she's... (laughs) She's cleaning up. (laughs) She's redesigning and reformatting the association as we speak.
1: So... You can listen. Uh, you can stay tuned and listen to end the oil patch as things progress with uh, Leslie Shockley Meyer, and she starts to do a whole lot of different things and make a lot of changes. You listen here to end the oil patch, and we'll be the first ones to tell you what the latest scoop is and what's going to happen.
2: I agree.
0: And not to take away anything from this issue, because it's going it, to—it's a great issue. You're working on a new issue as well, aren't you?
2: Every single two months, we and I bet it's exciting. <laughs> I bet it's exciting. New- <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's honestly what makes Shell Magazine very dynamic is who's on those covers. And we did a cover of Commissioner David Porter back when we first created Shell Magazine. And the reason why we wanted to put him back on the cover is because he has, in his six years of being at the Railroad Commission, he has done a lot of amazing things for the people of Texas. You know, it was through his leadership that he actually created the first and the only Eagle Ford Shell Task Force. And it's because he's a visionary. He could see that in other shell plays there are other issues and problems that have occurred when industry and the community don't come together first and try to work on problems when they're identified. And so he had great leadership. So the reason why we wanted to put him back on the cover is because now he is the chairman the I was gonna say that's
1: another good reason right. he's he, a chairman now
2: yes and he also is very very engaged in the natural gas discussion and so he's an interesting commissioner who is getting ready to come back on election and I think that the people of Texas really need to know who he is so they can make an informed decision when they go to the polls to vote on their next railroad commissioner well, and he, he
0: spearheaded the Eagle Ford shale task force Do you know offhand, and this might be a better Porter question, but is there a Permian task force and a Denton task force and a, you know, task force for other shale plays within the state? Or is he taking what he's learned and what we've learned from the Eagle Ford Shale Task Force and applying that knowledge to other areas of the state in in the industry?
2: Well, Alvin, that's a great question. And I really wish that I could answer that, but I think the best person to answer that question is Chairman Porter himself. As you know, he's all over the state and uh, works directly in all the shell plays that are occurring in Texas. So he's probably the best one to answer how much of best practices and lessons learned are being utilized back and forth in the shell plays.
0: What else is going on in the industry right now? I mean, We talked last week about, you know, sure, the price of oil is down a little bit, and it has been down for a while, but midstream is still extremely busy. There's a lot of work going on in the state of Texas in the oil and gas industry. What are some of the key topics we want to hit on today?
2: Well, I think having David Blackman, an expert in public policy pertaining to oil and gas is important. It's important that we keep an eye on what's happening in the political world, because, What happens there affects what's happening in oil and gas, which comes back and affects us if we live in a state that's oil producing, which Texas is number one. So there's a lot of things occurring. I also think that downstreamers are extremely busy as well. There's pipelines being laid all across Texas uh, in just massive amounts. So there's a lot of oil and gas projects still ongoing. And there's also a lot of areas that have been hard hit riggers and drillers, but that's not the entire oil and gas uh, landscape. So there's much uh, work still continuing and that's what David and Blackman... Well, uh, a lot
0: of people don't understand that if you drink something out of a plastic bottle, guess what? You're doing business with the oil and gas industry.
2: True. Um, But so some of the other things that are really we're working on in, in Shell Magazine is we have two upcoming events. They're called the State of Energy. And we're really excited to be producing these in conjunction with STEER. Uh, STEER is a supporter of the State of Energy. And we really just want to produce an event that would encourage businesses and community that is not focusing so much in oil and gas to come in and learn about oil and gas and how it benefits you or doesn't benefit you per se. What is the good, the great and the not so great times that are occurring right now for the industry but also, very importantly, the business sector who is getting some kind of a boomerang effect if you will off of oil and gas. This is the time that they need to be asking where is this industry heading and in what area so they can make better decisions on oil and gas or their own businesses that might be looking to get greater involved with the oil and gas sector and doing business. So it's a great opportunity to come in and learn uh, a little bit more and have some questions that you may have to ask those questions So uh, the two that we are producing, one is in San Antonio and one is in Corpus. The one that is in Corpus is actually October 14th. It is set at the Solomon P. Ortiz Center. Right around the corner. Yes, it's right around the corner. It's less than, I think it was right at a month out. It will be a luncheon, and it's basically right near the Port of Corpus Christi. And then we have our San Antonio luncheon, which is scheduled for December the 9th, and it's going to be at the beautiful Pearl Stables as well. In let's, San Antonio, let's talk
0: for a second about the uh, the Corpus Luncheon that's going to be on October 14th. Who are the speakers going to be?
2: We have Omar Garcia, who is the president of STEER, Barbara Canales, who is a port commissioner for the Port of Corpus Christi. We also have Shaneer and Incana at the Corpus Christi event.
0: And San Antonio is going to be on, you said, December 9th at the Pearl Stables in San Antonio. And who will the speakers be? Well, we have a couple
2: of them confirmed. We're still a ways out from the San Antonio event in December, December the 9th. As of right now, we have a couple of speakers, Halliburton's uh, Vice President, Paul Shepard as well as Senator Aristi, as well as Omar Garcia will be a couple of speakers just to name a few.
0: Well, Kim, we've got a great guest in studio with us today, Justine Hall of the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. She's going to be on the show with us today, but first we need to take a break. So we'll visit with Justine when we come back to end the oil patch.
3: Farmers and ranchers are the hardest-working people on Earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three-and-six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study.
2: The inaugural State of Energy event is coming up
0: on October 14th from 11.30 a.m. to 1.00 p.m. at the Solomon P. Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi, Texas. The event is brought to you by Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine and the Corpus Christi Chamber of Commerce. The event is sponsored by Steer, Encana Natural Gas, and Shaneer. Our speaker lineup will include Porto Corpus Christi Commissioner Barbara Canales, Shaneer, Encana, Omar Garcia of Steer, and many more. Sponsorship packages and tickets can be purchased at the Corpus Christi Chamber of Commerce's website, chamber Chamber.org. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, along with Roy Holly and our host Kim Balato. And Kim, we have a very special guest in studio with us today, Justine Hall of Steer. And that Justine, I think that stands for the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. And I think isn't that why we call it Steer?
3: That is why we call it Steer. You got it,
0: <laughs> Kim. Take it away.
2: Well, thank you, Alvin. Justine, thank you so much for being here in the Oil Patch Radio Show. As always, it's a pleasure to have you and sit down, speak with you for a little bit and uh, find out what Steer's up to. So, Justine, let's start off by, tell me a little bit, explain a little bit about what your role is at STEER and, of course, what is STEER?
3: Well, thank you for having me. And again, my name is Justine Hall. I'm the Director of External Affairs with STEER. And what that means is basically I handle a lot of the media requests, media relations. I I work with our agencies on our social media, uh, work with our freelancers on our websites, keep the public informed about things that are happening within the industry and uh, specifically to STEER. So important. And now when we say STEER, we are not talking about a cow. We are talking about (laughs) an organization.
2: So tell us a little bit about STEER's upcoming Eagle Ford Excellent Awards. But first, tell us just a little bit about STEER.
3: So, STEER, um, some of you might know, some of the regular listeners, that we are the bridge connecting South Texans, specifically those in the Eagle Ford Shale region, to the industry. So, we want to be that bridge between the communities and the industry, whether that's an issue you're having, whether it's something positive going on, such as what we'll talk about in a bit coming up with the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. Uh, but we want to make sure that the industry is working with the communities in South Texas, with the elected officials in South Texas to positively impact our areas, whether that's with uh, the economy, um, certain regulations that we, we need to be working on together collaboratively. Um, that's what STEER is here for. Very nice. One so, of the
0: things that I've <clears throat> learned, re- not so much recently, but one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, these publicly traded companies, like the the founding members of STEER, these are folks that want to do it right. So they mm-hmm. want that outreach program out into the communities and to the people and to the landowners. And, and it's such an important job that you guys do, not only in educating people about the oil and gas industry, but providing that outreach program to them when they have questions about the industry or, or something that's going on, or something that, that may have recently happened or whatnot?
3: Absolutely. Um, STEER represents 16 of the largest operators in the Eagle Ford Shale. And beyond that, we have approximately 30 members of STEER. So these are companies that want to do the right thing, that want to be in your communities, have that relationship with the communities, have that relationship with the residents. Um, whether you are traveling there to work or you, you've you lived there your whole life, they these companies that STEER represents want to do the right thing.
2: True. Well, so let's just jump into this is the third annual Mm -hmm. Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. So what is the role or the goal of Eagle Ford Excellence Awards? And um, then we'll
3: get into the types of categories and stuff. So the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards, we recognize, we want to give oil and gas companies and their contractors an opportunity to be recognized for the things that they are doing right. Like I said, the members of STEER want to do things right, um, and we want to make sure that not only our members are doing things right, but that others are doing things right as well. And so these awards really give people a chance and, and companies a chance to, to showcase their work, show what they're doing to protect the environment, to show what they're doing to uh, place a premium on safety, not only safety for for their employees, but safety for those that live in in the areas. And we want to make sure that they're giving back to their communities. So these awards really recognize companies, contractors, also nonprofit organizations, educational facilities who are doing things the right way. So it's kind of, you're rewarding the best of the best for just
2: doing the right thing. Right, absolutely. Which is great. You know, I have been to your Eagle Ford Excellence Awards for the last 2 years mm-hmm. and I will have to say that the type of companies and what they're being recognized for uh, are just amazing. And and education is the key to everything and when you when you have an organization like steer that's basically working with the media to help the word get out, look at what these companies are doing. They're not only doing it better, they're doing it greener, they're doing it with safety in mind. They're, it's a it's a great thing to reassure the community what they are doing, and um, so thank you for
3: putting those on.
0: Of the 16 founding members that are operators of, of STEER, are any of those companies eligible to win one of the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards?
3: No, now what we ask our operators to do is to nominate their contractors who they feel need to be recognized for safety, for giving back to the community, or for their environmental stewardship. So while the operators are not eligible, we do um, ask our operators to nominate companies that they feel are deserving. You know the there are companies uh, within the Eagle Ford when you have that steer sticker on your helmet that you won the an award for environmental stewardship, you're looked onto as a leader in the community. Very nice. So let's talk about the
2: categories of the programs or can you explain to me what sorts of programs, have been uh, previously honored by STEER at uh, the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. Mm
3: -hmm. So I'll go ahead and and tell you a little bit about the categories. We have four categories. The first is um, environmental stewardship. So whether it's preserving the environment, conserving water, things of that sort. The second one is safety. So you can be honored for having a good safety record, a clean safety record, community and social investment. So giving back to the community, whether that's through donations, whether that's through community service hours that your employees might do. And then the last one is the STEER Impact Award, which is specifically reserved for nonprofits and educational institutions that are um, doing any of those things. So it it could be a nonprofit that's giving back to the community. It could be a nonprofit that's working to preserve the environment. Things like that.
0: Justine, thank you so much for being a part of In the Oil Patch today. And right now we need to take a break. And when we come back, visiting with David Blackman. And you're gonna want to listen very closely to this interview because it just might have something to do with the trivia question today, right, Kim? That's right. We're gonna take a break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with Roy Holly and our host, Kim Bellato, and we'll be right back. Would you like to grow your business? Would you like to improve awareness of your brand? Any business can benefit from advertising in the oil and gas industry. After all, Texas received $87 billion. That's with a B. That's right, $87 billion in economic impact from the oil and gas industry last year alone. Did your business benefit from this thriving industry? Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine will keep you in front of customers that you need to grow your business. If you want to grow your business in Texas, email us info at shalemag.com that's info at s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g dot com or call 210-240-7188 and welcome back to in the oil patch my name is alvin bailey and i'm here with roy holly and our host kim bilotto kim it's time to bring in our resident expert david blackman we've got him on the line and for those of you who might not know david is a former writer for forbes with over 30 years of experience in the oil and gas industry kim let's bring david on
2: Hi, David, and welcome back to In the Oil Patch. How are you?
4: Great, great. It's a beautiful day today. Is Thank it? You for having me.
2: Oh, yes. Compared to yesterday, the weather's so much nicer. Um, well, listen, I I really do want to um, ask you if you can clarify just a little bit more about your background because I know that you've had 30 years of experience and you've, um, you've been a writer for Forbes, but you also write for Shell Magazine. And. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What gives you 30 years of experience? Um, well,
4: I, I, I've been, actually, it's 36 years. I'm wow. getting so old, it's kind of hard to admit to. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, my first job out of, out of college was with Coastal States and Oscar Wyatt back in 1979 in Houston. And I've uh, been in the industry ever since and uh, have spent the last 20 years of my career uh, working uh, regulatory and legislative issues for uh three different uh, large oil and gas companies in the industry.
2: So that would definitely give you a lot of experience. Um, and, you know, that's kind of important because the discussion we're going to have today is, is one of a, of a serious nature. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are facing the United States and, of course, the voters, us. And and how we react to them always really either makes a, a great administration and a great opportunity for the American people, or sometimes when we, you know, just have a leadership that just doesn't quite um, understand maybe the, or doesn't line up with oil and gas, things don't quite work out so great for the energy industry. And so depending on where uh, you line up, it's important that at least you're informed and engaged in, in topics of policy and energy. So One of the things that's caught my attention nowadays, there's so much going on in the oil and gas industry. I mean, there is just tons of information from EPA regulations coming down the pike to water to um, this export ban. But one of the things that has caught my attention is the fact that um, the Obama administration recently threatened to uh, veto the bill that would repeal the export ban, the oil export bans. Correct, yeah. So why do you think he is doing something like this and um, in lieu of the fact that we're lifting the Iran export ban for them but not ours?
4: Well I, it's uh, as, as, as we discussed last time I was on you know this is an agenda driven presidency and his uh, uh, base of support uh, the, the radical environmental community is a big part of his base of support and Um, You know, he's uh, anything that's going to be a benefit to the oil and gas industry or any fossil fuel industry, um, most probably here for the remainder of this administration, he's going to oppose just uh, as a matter of playing to that voter base. Um, You know, uh, when the industry began to bring this issue uh, to the public uh, a couple of years ago, the administration was very... Receptive to it. Uh, it is such an old and archaic uh, policy that, you know, just makes no sense at all anymore. That at least initially the administration was very receptive to it. But as time has gone on, and, and groups like Sierra Club and, and other radical environmental organizations that heavily contribute to democratic political campaigns um, have latched on to the issue as a, another way to try to harm the oil and gas industry, the administration is basically become increasingly hostile to the idea of, of repealing the ban and um, a couple i guess three weeks ago now the white house indicated that well you know the president might veto the bill if it didn't have substantial democratic support in the congress and so uh... Um, you know last week it became evident that uh, the bill does have very substantial democratic support in the congress and so the White House uh, changed its public posture to, well, you know, we we don't like the bill. This is a prerogative of the Commerce Department, and there's no need to repeal the ban. So um, I guess it was predictable, but it's uh, disappointing nonetheless.
0: David Alvin here. For the last five, six, seven years, we've seen oil and gas companies in South Texas operating at almost their maximum capacities. Mm -hmm. And today we still don't produce enough oil domestically to be energy independent. How would lifting the oil export ban help the oil and gas industry?
4: It would uh, help domestic producers and, and the domestic industry here in the United States by giving producers of light, sweet, crude access to international refining capacity. Uh, The concern is that here in the United States, uh, because until just the last couple of years we have imported such a a gigantic share, up to 50 percent to even two-thirds of our daily oil usage at some points, um, most of that imported oil is heavy crude uh, that comes in from the Middle East and uh, Venezuela and a few other countries. Uh, And so the refiners here in the United States – have set up their refineries, have tooled their refineries to refine this very heavy international crude that comes in on the export market. Well, the three giant formations that have, that have been developed over the last six or seven years, uh, virtually all the oil produced out of, out of those regions is light-sweet crude. And the concern becomes, at some point, you know, uh, domestic producers are going to put so much light sweet crude on the market that there's not going to be enough refining capacity here in the United States to refine it all. And uh, it's incredibly expensive to retool refineries to to handle a different grade of crude oil. And so the simplest solution to that potential issue is to simply lift this ban. The other uh, benefit it would have for, for domestic producers uh, is... Over the last five, six years, we've seen a, a very large price spread between uh, the domestic price, uh, West Texas Intermediate crude price that is basically sets the price for oil here in the United States, and the Brent price, which is the internationally uh, international index for international crude. Um, right now, today, that spread is only about $5 a barrel, but $5 a barrel in a $45 market is... Is pretty significant. So um, there's little doubt that if if the United States repealed this ban and producers here in the U.S. had access to the open international market, that spread, that price differential between Brent and West Texas Intermediate would uh, be substantially reduced or go away altogether, and that would, uh, you know, enable the domestic producers to obtain a better price for the oil.
2: Well, David, as always, you seem to be on top of the current events in in the oil and gas industry, and we look forward to having you as a guest on our show to share some more updates with us. So thank you so much uh, for being a a guest today. Thank you.
0: And thanks once again, David, and congratulations because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, if you're the first person to email a correct answer to this trivia question to this email address, it's radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shalemag.com. You'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. Kim, what is our question today?
2: Well, Alvin, today's trivia question is, David Blackman is a former writer for what major publication slash website? It's a very well-known one. We discussed it when we were interviewing him. So what is the name of that company that he was writing for in the past? Email your response to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shell s h a l e magmag.com. And remember, the first correct email wins a seventy-five dollar gift certificate to the Palms Restaurant in beautiful Houston, Texas.
1: And that about does it for this week's In the Oil Pet. For Ken Blatto and Alvin Bailey, I'm Roy Holly. So long.